Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And as we know, one of the best ways to enjoy life is to keep our brains active by learning new and interesting information, and that's where today's guest can really inspire us. Dr. Sabina Stanley is a Bloomberg Distinguished Professor of Planetary Physics at John Hopkins University. Dr. Stanley focuses on observing magnetic fields and other geophysical phenomena as a way of studying the interiors of planets, moons, asteroids, and exoplanets. She's a participating scientist on the NASA Mars InSight mission, and her work has been cited in numerous renowned publications, including National Geographic Magazine, Bloomberg View, and the Washington Post. And Dr. Stanley has just written a recently released book entitled What's Inside Planets? This is filled with fascinating facts about the mysteries of our Earth as well as our planetary neighbors. And boy, is it an interesting topic. So welcome, Dr. Stanley. Thanks so much for having me. Well, first off, I have to say one of the blurbs on the back cover of your book calls you, and I'm quoting here, planetary decoder, which I love. And I think that's one heck of an accurate, accurate description. So I want to start out by congratulating you on creating such a great resource for those of us who cannot claim to be professors of planetary physics ourselves. Well, thank you so much. It's much appreciated. Well, really, I mean, it, the book does, you go into the mysteries of our Earth, our planetary neighbors, but before we get into the book itself, first, I would like to ask you to start out by explaining the word I used in the intro, what the heck is an exoplanet? Great question. So we're used to the planets that are in our solar system, which orbit around our star, the sun, but there are so many other stars out there, and beginning in about the 1990s, we started discovering planets orbiting other stars. So we call those planets exoplanets to say that they're not in our solar system orbiting our sun, they're orbiting some other star. Ah, that does it. That does explain it. Yes. So uh, obviously, you know your stuff. You've written this amazing book, and you've also been quite—you know—you're highly acclaimed and, and uh, expert in your field. So, what led you to, as a say, as a—I don't know—if you started in, on this in a, as a college freshman, or what led you to want to become a planetary decoder? Yeah, great question. I like to think that this was all kind of the result of how I grew up. So I actually grew up in an impact crater. So it's a town called Sudbury, Ontario in Canada. And about 1.8 billion years ago, a giant meteor hit the surface of the earth at that location and created a huge hole that created a giant melt pool. And all this stuff from the deeper part of earth came to the surface, um, a lot of resources that we want to, for example, mine. And that was the beginning of the town of Sudbury. And so I actually grew up in a place that was basically screaming planetary science and the inside of the <laughs> earth, and it was all around me. And I didn't, I didn't really know how significant the town was at the time for, in, from a planetary perspective, but I like to think that my subconscious somehow absorbed that and led me on this path. 
Wow. And then, so did you start studying it? I mean, in in college as a young, as a like a freshman or, a, well, I guess you had to go through the general studies, but what, when did you decide, I'm really going to, and I will say, delve into planets because it, here's a little play on words, it op- must have opened up exciting worlds for you. Wasn't that a good one? <laughs> and I mean that, that literally. That's amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm not someone that was growing up saying, ooh, I want to study planets all the time. I knew I kind of liked science and math. I was good at those. But I didn't really have any um, people in my life that were in those areas. I didn't know any college professors or anything. And so it, it kind of ended up being a scenario where I went to college thinking I wanted to do, like, fancy astrophysics, cosmology, black holes, right? I want to study black holes and dark matter and all this stuff. And then as I started learning about those things, I was realizing, hmm, everything there is really far away. I want something a little closer, something I can almost touch. And so planets just kind of ended up being this amazing um, intersection of really cool physics and science that I love, but also something that I could see with my eyes, right? The fact that you could look through a telescope and actually see Saturn and its rings, that to me was inspiring. Wow. Well, and talk about, you know, inspiring. Uh, there is a lot of inspiring and rich information in this book. And unfortunately, with the, our time limits for the show here, we won't be able to touch on a lot of them. But you, as the researcher and writer of this fascinating book, are there some highlights that you want to make sure our audience knows about what you've discovered or what you and your, your fellow researchers have uncovered? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the key messages I want people to take from the book is that, you know, we live here on the surface of the earth and you look around and it's a pretty nice place. It's, it's got a nice climate for us at the moment. Everything is, is fine. Uh, but everything that makes the surface of the earth a nice place to live is that way because of stuff that's happening deeper inside the earth. So we wouldn't have the wonderful environment we have here on the surface without the processes going on in our deep interior. So for example, um, the magnetic field of Earth, which, which surrounds the planet and protects us from high-energy radiation particles that come from the sun, that magnetic field is actually created at the very center of the Earth in its iron core. So there's this real important process that's like 2,000 miles below our feet, and we'd never think of it except for the fact that it saves our existence on a daily basis. So that's uh, kind of cool. Secondly, you think about water. We like water. We need water to survive. Most of the water that you see around us in the oceans, in the atmosphere, that all came from the deeper interior of the earth as it was outgassed from volcanoes. So whenever volcanic eruptions occur, you get these uh, uh, volatile elements like water and, and gases that come out of the volcanoes, and they end up making the surface of the earth the nice, pleasant place where we live now. Boy, yeah. I mean, that's what I said. This book is filled with interesting information like that. And speaking of water, you write about varieties of rain, (laughs) diamond rain, iron snow, helium rain. Tell us a little bit about some of those phenomena. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's amazing to me when we're so used to materials behaving a certain way on the surface of the earth, right? You think of water, and water is either liquid or it's a gas or it's solid and ice. Uh, But when you put a material in the conditions inside planets. So the deeper you go on a planet, the higher the pressure, the higher the temperature. Materials just behave completely differently. So we're used to helium, for example, being this lovely gas we put in our balloons, so as birthday party balloons here on Earth, right? If you put helium in the deep interior of a planet like Jupiter, for example, 
it actually becomes a rain that falls out of the sky as hydrogen, another gas we're used to here on Earth, actually becomes a metal. So it's just a completely different environment. And in Neptune and Uranus, where we have these um, very water-rich planets and they have some methane, uh, ammonia, you take the carbon in the methane and you put it under the deep pressures inside Neptune and you actually get diamond. And it gets hot enough that the diamond can actually become a liquid. So you get a liquid diamond sea and you even might get diamond icebergs that float on the liquid diamond sea. Just, so just completely different behavior of materials than we have here at the surface. Oh, my. See, I told everybody that this is really fascinating stuff. But the one thing you kind of uh, put a damper on, you know, this old song, uh, I forget which one of the singers from the from the 60s, Venus. <laughs> but, uh, you call <laughs> Venus an annoying planet. And why is that? Venus is just the worst planet. I'm going to just put that out there. It is the worst <laughs> planet. I'm so mad at Venus. I can't even tell you. <laughs> No, like Venus is a lovely planet, but here's the problem. If you're someone like me who's been trying to figure out what goes on deep inside planets, Venus has basically said any clever method you come up with to study the interior of planets is not going to work on Venus. Nope, has zero interest in allowing that to happen. So I'll give you an example. Um, One way that we learn about the interiors of planets is by looking at how their spin, so all the planets spin, that's why we have a day on Earth, And when the planet spins, it actually bulges at its center. So the equators of planets are usually fatter than the poles. And this bulginess, right, it, how bulgy a planet gets is completely dependent on the structure on the inside. So we've learned a lot about the Earth's interior and all the other planets' interiors by looking at their equatorial bulges, their fattiness at the center. Uh, But then you get to Venus. And Venus is rotating so slowly that it has no bulge. So we can't do that very frustrating. Then you think, oh, well, let's use seismology. So on the surface of the Earth, we've learned a lot about the interior of the Earth by studying waves that travel through the Earth whenever we have an earthquake. So these are called seismic waves. And you're like, well, let's put seismometers on the surface of Venus. Unfortunately, the surface of Venus is so corrosive and a harmful environment that any instrumentation we put down there becomes not usable in a very short amount of time. So no seismology on the surface of Venus. And you just you start listing off every other cool method we've figured out that what goes on deep inside planets, and Venus just keeps saying, nope, not interested, not going to help you out there. So it's very annoying. Well, the goddess of love can't be fickle, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, and I want to say, too, um, the book, you know, is obviously a lot about science, and it's wonderful because for, you know, as I mentioned, for those of us who did not take a lot of science in school or necessarily relate to it, it's filled with interesting information like what you've just cited. But one of my favorite aspects of the book is you get kind of personal, too. And as an example, would you share with our listeners how you equated using a sourdough starter in your kitchen to asteroids and comets? Yeah, absolutely. So I had this this horrible experience. I think through the pandemic, I think a lot of people went on that craze of, hey, I'm going to become a sourdough bread maker. And I did the same thing. <laughs> and, you know, I I nurtured my my sourdough starter, which was named Hercule Poirot. And then one day I was leaving it in a cold oven to just kind of give it the right environment to grow. And unfortunately, my husband turned on the oven uh, and that was the end of our sourdough starter. But the reason it's important for planets is that, you know, imagine you're going to bake something, bread, or even a cake. 
and you have this, then you get this baked cake and you're like, what's it made of? What is in there? It's really helpful if you have a bunch of like little bits of ingredients left out all over the place, right? If I see that flour over there, maybe some of the chocolate sauce over there, I can be like, oh yeah, I know what's in this cake. Turns out with planets, if we want to learn out what's inside a cooked planet, for example, it's great if there were some ingredients left out around the place, and there are. So the asteroids in our asteroid belt or that orbit around the solar system are basically leftover ingredients from the formation of planets. So we like to use them to learn about the ingredients that made up the Earth and other planets. Oh, my gosh. Well, this book, as I say, is really interesting, and it's been such a pleasure speaking with you, uh, Dr. Stanley. But I, and I do want to ask you, in your opinion, because obviously you know a lot about this topic, where do you see planetary research uh, and exploration evolving in the, in the near future and maybe even in the distant future? Yeah, great question. So here's the thing. There are some amazing places in the solar system that we have either not visited or haven't spent a lot of time visiting and really learning about it. And so there are some amazing new missions that are going to different planets in our solar system, and I'm very excited to see what they find. As an example, the Europa Clipper mission is going to go to Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter, and it's mostly made of ice, and it has a liquid water ocean inside of it, and that's going to take off next year. Uh, there's a mission called Dragonfly, which is going to go to another moon, a moon of Saturn, called Titan, which is the only other place in the solar system that has, actually has liquids flowing on the surface. It has rivers and lakes. Unfortunately, they're made out of methane and ethane instead of water, so it's a little bit of a, you don't want to go swimming there. Um, but there are all these amazing places we're going to go investigate and learn, and every time we learn about another planet, we're really learning about Earth, too. Well, uh, this has been a quite eye-opening for me, and like I say, your book is not only filled with fascinating information, but it's quite readable and a lot of really fun sections for the non-scientist as well. So before we leave, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us, maybe about our own Mother Earth and our need to protect our environment or whatever you'd like to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of people are right now, you know, and, and I think of this too. I, we love to think of discovery out there and, and exploring out there, but we really also need to keep in mind how precious the conditions are on Earth right now for our survival, and we need to keep maintaining that because there is no other place out there that's like Earth. There's no place like home, and it's going to be really impossible to change any other planet into Earth. So let's keep care of our planet. Oh, Dr. Stanley, well, thank you for those those really important thoughts because uh, I agree 100%, and, of course, my generation, we're getting older, but we do not want to leave a broken Mother Earth to future generations. So I appreciate that, and thank you so much. This has been such a great interview. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. Well, and uh, also, I appreciate you sharing your information, of course, uh, and the fascinating information, your expertise, and I think this is your passion, so I appreciate you sharing it with us, too. And I urge our listeners, please check out What's Hidden Inside Planets. You will gain a whole new appreciation for Mother Nature and the wonders of our universe. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.